Everyone's so busy keeping up. Forget about the Joneses, we all on our telephones. With the texts and the tweets and the beats. What he said, she said, can't even follow the three. Down the hole, we all go. Me, I like keeping up too. With my corona and my attitude. That's La Vida Masfina. Relax responsibly. Corona Extra Beer. Imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Gentlemen, let's start this show, this edition of Chin Music, our baseball show at TalkNorth.com, with two words, Joe Ryan. Or maybe it should be three words, Joe freaking Ryan. Good <laughs> Lord. Uh, I, I will take you guys through my thought process in this guy. I don't want to hear what you guys think. You know, I, I, I was in Japan when they made the trade. I kind of found a way to get a, get to Joe and talk to him. Uh, and I was immediately impressed with the you know, maturity, intelligence, all those things. I saw him pitch in the, the Olympics. I thought, okay, this guy knows how to pitch. I don't know if his stuff is going to get big league hitters out on a consistent basis, but I like everything I see. And then, you know, then he makes some starts last year. He shows some promise. But at no point did I think, oh, this guy's going to be an ace. I thought this guy is, this is good. They're, they found a good middle of the rotation starter who's probably going to have some longevity. At no point did I think he would just go out there and blow people away. That's what he's doing right now. Uh, Lavelle, tell me what you're seeing and what you're thinking about this guy at this moment. But the thing about Joe is that um, he is talented, he's confident, and he's not afraid to make adjustments. I wrote a note last week when I had to become a beat writer for a day, and when and Ryan was talking about how uh, he's basically a fastball uh, guy through a lot of fastballs. We saw the success with that, but he decided that he had to be a little more um, dynamic than that. And now he's worked on the slider and now the slide piece is, is just clicking for him. He's throwing it like 35% of the time. His fastball usage is down like 10% from like 61 to 51 because he's throwing more sliders. And this is a guy who's not afraid to make adjustments. Who's not afraid to get better. Who's not afraid to kind of, you know, step outside of himself and take a, a look at what he needs to to do to be more effective at his to be better at his job and that's pretty freaking impressive for joe freaking ryan i i i'm excited to see what the next steps he's going to take uh in his career here but i mean this is exciting he's made nine starts for the twins and he's five and two with a 272 era his whip as a twin is 0.745 i mean he is this is really uh uh, tantalizing uh, in terms of what he's done so far and where he can go. No doubt about it. What do you think, Roy? Uh, yeah, all of the above. Uh, and what he's doing now is uh, pitching. And it didn't take him long to understand that when you're in the big leagues, you got to pitch. You can't just throw. And uh, it, the way the reason he's pitching is, you know, much like what Lavelle said, he decided that he needed to throw a slider and a changeup in addition to that good fastball that he's got. Yep. And it didn't take him long to master the outside corner uh, against right-handers to the slider. We saw it last night. Um, and he's not afraid uh, to throw it, see how the, you know, the, he and the pitcher see how the, the hitter reacts and, and throw it again and again. We saw that to Javi Baez in the first inning last night. Uh, rather than throw him a fastball to get ahead, 
you know, on a first ball pitch because Javi Baez is forever on the fastball. Um, he threw him a slider on the outside corner and Baez missed it by two feet. So they, he just said, well, let me try it again. Same result. Well, let me try it again. Same result, strike three, inning over. <laughs> so it's it, it it really is about, uh, I uh, and, and by the way, his fastball that we saw last year, mostly at 92, we're now seeing a lot at 94. And I don't know the reason for that, but that's but we're seeing that. Uh, and he's not throwing the, back, the ball by guys with fastballs just because of 94. He's throwing it by, fastball by guys, A, because he's got this great late life that we knew about that always it, it just confuses hitters. The ball jumps on him way quicker than they think. But now with the addition of slider and the changeup to left-handers, the fastball's playing more like 96 or 7. And it's, it's wonderful. And all the while, all the while, with now all three pitches, his attitude is, it's going to be a strike. Here it comes. <laughs> you know, this is what I think is going to make you either swing and miss or get bad contact. But it's going to be at um, in, uh, in the strike zone or and or on the corner or just off where you're going to have to swing at it anyway. And we've seen that with fastballs up. We've seen it with fastballs down. We've seen it with sliders on the outside corner or just off. And he's even he's even throwing a good a quality changeup to left-hand hitters that for the most part is down and most for the most part away. So he's gone from having a real asset of I'm going to throw strikes and I'm going to throw it in my fastball because guys have a hard time picking up the late life to what if I had two other really good pitches in addition to that? How would I be then? And we're seeing, <laughs> we're seeing the result. I've been called a real asset many times or something like that, something close to that. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, this is Chin Music. This is our baseball show at TalkNorth.com. Roy Smalley, former Twins great, current Twins broadcaster, Lavelle Neal. Uh, Star Tribune, great. Star Tribune columnist. I'm Jim Suhan. Our producer is Brandon Morton. Our sponsors are Corona Memorial Blood Centers, Perfect Ash, Eleven Wells uh, Distillery. And uh, we want to tell you about Corona. They are the official import beer sponsor of the Minnesota Twins and the presenting sponsor of the Chin Music Show at TalkNorth.com. We do recommend subscribing to your favorite podcast app. It is free. It's the easiest way to listen. You can always go to TalkNorth.com. Roy has told great stories from everybody about from uh, Yogi Berra to Paul McCartney through the years. You can always go back to our archives and check those out. Find all of our outdoor content, our variety content, our new Go Gopher podcast, the On the Bench show. Uh, is All that's at the website. Or you can just follow us on Twitter, Talk North Pod, see the stuff as it's released. So, you know, I, I was about to say we don't want to get out over our skis here, but one of the fun things about watching baseball or being a fan is getting out over your skis. What What's the high end what is the ultimate upside on joe ryan is it this is it something even more impressive down the road let's start with roy this time look big league hitters are going to uh make adjustments uh, this is not um nolan ryan in his, in, at his at his very best it's not sandy koufax stuff um it, but it it plays in this in this league and what we're seeing is going to be the way it's, I think, the way it's going to be for a while until hitters, and I, I think the main thing that hitters will adjust to is at some point in time, you know, the fastball uh, life is is going to get a little bit more uh, adjusted to. And, uh, but I, I, and so there's, 
he's not going to go. Uh, what is he? You know, what five, what did you say? Five and two, and you know, he's not. He, he's not going to go uh, twenty five and ten for the rest of his career. Um, he is. Uh, he is going to be a very solid, at the very least, a very solid, probably front of the rotation guy, and uh, just because of his makeup, because of his ability to throw strikes and not walk people, his ability to throw quality strikes and not not in the middle of the zone so much, and his ability to surprise guys with that fastball. That fastball surprise is always going to be there. And the only thing that I can see that would derail him uh, at all as a hitter start to adjust the fastball is for him to lose the feel uh, on his slider and changeup for throwing it in in good spots. Because if he's able to do that, then even though hitters start adjusting a little bit to the late life on his fastball, if that were all he was throwing, if it's not all he's throwing, it's it's always going to surprise him. So I I I'd be surprised if we didn't see him as a front of the rotation guy for for his for most of his career. What do you think, Lavelle? Someone asked me on Twitter actually this morning about uh, how good can Joe Ryan be, and I said I I will predict right now that within three years he'll be an All Star. I think he's headed in that direction um, and I'm impressed with his ability to make adjustments. And that's a big key in terms of getting, getting over the hump and staying ahead of hitters. Um, he's got the control. He's got the confidence and I can see him as a guy who can, um, you know, who can, who can win 15 games a season. Um, that's how impressive he looks right now to me. So um, I, I think this, I think the sky's the limit for him. Um, and it's crazy because in this day and age, we get so wound up about velocity. Well, does he throw 95? Does he throw 97? Um, how big is this stuff? You know, and, and this guy's got like a 93 to 94 mile hour fastball, but it, he is a throwback guy in the sense that he, uh, can be deceptive. He can, he has good control and he can mix his pitches. And, uh, to me, he embodies the essence of pitching more so than some of these guys who are just throwers. We well, two, thi- two things. Yeah. Two things about that. One is he might be an all-star this year. Um, he's going to yeah, go through. Right. He's going to get to the all-star break, not having pitched twice against the same team too often, and before guys even think about figuring out what he's doing, you know, he he might run. He might run eight or nine or ten wins up there uh, by the all-star uh, break. So. Uh, to Lavelle's point, I mean, I, I think three years from now, an all-star starter, yeah, I mean, three years from now, maybe a good chance to be an all-star uh, uh, every every season. But I mean, he might sneak up on him this year, too. So I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't, based on what we've seen so far and how the hitters are reacting, I don't want to, I don't want to sell him too short, even for, for this year. The second thing that Lavelle said was about, you know, does a guy throw 97? Uh, it doesn't matter. I, I think what, the best example of carry that they're ta- they talk about, we used to call sneaky fast. Then there was late life. Now they're talking about carry, you know, spin rate on the fastball, all that kind of stuff. The best example of that, I think we're seeing right here in the Twins Club. Joe Ryan throws 94, and John Duran uh, Duran throws 101, and there's not a whole lot of difference in the way hitters look against those two fastballs. And I just think that's that's remarkable. I think that, uh, it appears that Ryan has better carry than than Duran, and as and as and we saw that with Gratterall too. I mean, Gratterall, you know, throw 100 miles an hour's ball with 
you know, would sink a bit, but guys, guys were on it a lot and uh, he had to come up with something else. I think Duran has two other pitches he can go to that are going to, the combination of three are going to be devastating, but I just think it's interesting that 101 and 94, when I watch hitters approach the fastball, doesn't look uh, seven miles an hour different. It's funny. I've been thinking the exact same thing. And, you know, when Duran doesn't hit his spot or they know the fastball is coming, even though it's 101. And I'm not this is not a, I'm not denigrating him. I think he's great. He's going to be great. But they can look fairly comfortable against him. And we we see Eddie Guardado make hitters uncomfortable throwing 89 because he had he hit the ball. And, he, and the ball moved. So, there, yeah, pure velocity. You want it, but it's it can also be overrated. Yeah, I just wonder yeah, right. if – I just wonder if, you know, from now on, the more and more they do these analytics, I just wonder if they're if they're going to see potential in in carry rather than potential in miles per hour. And, and yeah. always, you know, miles per hour is always good. I mean, if you throw 97, even if you don't have great uh, carry, you know, and uh, you're – the, the net result is the same as Joe Ryan's 94. Well, that's all right. Still pretty good. You know, if you've got something else to go with it. So velocity is always going to matter. But I just think it's really interesting that we've seen, you know, Gratterall and now Duran throw, you know, 100 miles an hour or more. And we're not and we saw hitters having not a whole lot uh, less comfort than than joe ryan's 94 so i i just think that's i think it's interesting i, I think we're seeing yeah. it yeah i think it's fascinating and i do think that this twins front office is probably pretty in deep on stuff like carry because we have a rotation that is functioning at a very high level and they're not tremendously hard throwers and they all have you know obvious flaws or coming off bad years coming off injuries let's get into that and also maybe we'll talk about the craziest play we've seen since the metrodome days do want to thank uh, once again corona <laughs> the official import beer sponsor of the Minnesota Twins and the presenting sponsor of the Chin Music Show at TalkNorth.com. Also want to thank Memorial Blood Centers doing vital work around the Twin Cities. Local Duncan locations generously donated vouchers to recognize community members who give back through blood and platelet donations with Memorial Blood Centers. The blood supply continues to be low, and Memorial Blood Centers encourages the community to make a donation. Your donation will help patients in need. I made a donation back in December. I was in and out within 40 minutes. It's the easiest thing to do. During the month of April, Duncan is offering all presenting donors a voucher for a medium Duncan coffee for giving blood. Plus, one lucky donor will win free coffee for a year. So don't miss out. Schedule your appointment online today at mbc.org slash donate or call 1-888-GIVE-BLOOD. That's one 888 448-3253. Perfect Gash is uh, one of my cigar shops I frequent. It's uh, like four miles from my driveway. Um, they have over 300 uh, different uh, models of cigars to choose from. Nice, spacious humidor and a great smoking lounge with lots of flat screen TVs to watch sporting events like Twins games. Um, and coming up on April 29th, they're having an, a special Oliva event. Uh, for those of you who are cigar aficionados, know that Oliva is one of the uh, better brands out there. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Series V, and they're having a special there on the 29th. Um, if you buy any four Oliva cigars, you can get one for free. You can do that now, leading up to the event, 
And then uh, you can go and probably have more deals to choose from on the 29th. There's also plans and works in May for a pig roast. That's right. Uh, Patrick uh, O'Connell is going to roast a pig in the parking lot. And that should be a great time for everyone. So uh, good stuff coming up here um, over the next several weeks for the, the perfect ash in Invergrove Heights, Minnesota. So we will get back to pitching, but let's talk about that play. First of all, I thought it was a really good sign that both Paddock pitched really well in that game and that Sano in a clutch at bat hit the ball really hard to right center. But Grossman should have caught it. And then uh, the Twins completely botched the base running and the Tigers catcher threw the ball in the left field, giving the Twins a, 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 a... And you know what it reminded me of, guys? It reminded me... Well, hey, I love Target Field. And it is a great ballpark. It's one of the world's best ballparks. But it reminded me that when we went to watch a game at the Metrodome, weird stuff happened all the time. That was a Metrodome play in an outdoor ballpark. Roy, it reminded me a little bit of uh, some of the plays. I remember like Shannon Stewart scoring the winning run on some crazy play like that back in 2003. That's interesting. I, I, you're right. It did. Re- it was a Metrodome play. No, no question about it. There were all kinds of funny things you know, that, uh, that, that happened in the Metrodome that you say, well, I just haven't seen that before. And I haven't seen that, that play either to the extent that it was, uh, that it was botched. Um, I felt bad for the uh, catcher. I mean, glad the twins won, felt bad for him. That was a total, total brain hemorrhage. Of course, before he had his total brain hemorrhage, Sano had a brain cramp yep. of, of major proportions too. don't have any idea what it was that he was doing. Um, but in any event, uh, the, the, once the catcher had the ball, what he wanted, to, I was going to say what he wanted to do. I don't think he had any idea what he wanted to do. I think there were a lot of things going on in his mind because he, there's a guy standing on third base and a guy he's going to go down and tag out. So there's two, there's two guys on third base. There's a guy on second. Uh, and then there's a, uh, a hitter running to to uh, second base. I think he must have had in his mind, if we make this play quickly, we can keep the runner off of second base because that's the winning run. And then he realized, well, but there's two guys on third. I just need to make sure I get one out. And then I think finally it was, I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to do. I'm just going to throw it, let somebody else deal with it. <laughs> and, and, and once he, once he, you got that thought in your mind when you don't know exactly what you're going to do, throws like that lollipop that you threw in the left field are, uh, are going to happen. So, I mean, it, it was, it was just a giant, giant brain cramp. Although it's like something like there was a pulse from the satellite that just made absolutely everybody in the field nuts for Matt for about 10 seconds. It was really weird. The crazy thing about that is that if I, I, when plays like that happen, Tom Kelly's voice starts ringing in my head. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And about, about just get one bleeping out, you know, I <laughs> just, and, 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 and don't overthink these situations. And that's what you saw happen in the Detroit end is that the, the, the guy just flat out overthought, um, everything that he was he was trying to accomplish there so um and you know it's weird because i remember just going oh my god i said oh my god like four times in the about span of 30 seconds about <laughs> how, how, that, how, how that play, play transpired you know and the, the the best thing about that play i think roy pointed it out was that sano tried to hit the ball hard to the opposite field and, yeah. look, and so now sano has to understand now Good things happen when you use the whole field, even if you don't, even if there's lucky things, but good things happen when you use whole field. 
They're scary. That's, well, that's exactly right. And and you know the thing about it is, Lavelle, that that you you know spring training you work on these you work on these run, these rundown plays all the time, and uh, you uh, oftentimes will work on the first and third or hitter going to second where the guy you know uh, caught off third base, and you you know you figure out timing as to how to make you know quick throws. Uh, and and then make a quick throw, you know, to, a quick throw to second base to get the get the batter runner caught, and then and then get back to the runner on third base. And I know all of this stuff is just spinning in the catcher's mind, and he finally just uh, just totally abdicated and said, oh, "I don't know here, somebody deal with it." And it was uh, it was wild. I mean, I, I when I looked at it, uh, oh my God, I wasn't the word or phrase that came out of my mouth when I saw Sano and then, uh, and then, Oh my God, it wasn't exactly the word or phrase that came out of my mouth when uh, the catcher lollipopped up on the left, but it was the same spirit. I had the same exact experience. Baseball is a hard sport to practice at game speed. Yes, it really really is. And the two scariest things about that moment, to reiterate this, is the catcher later said, well, um, you know, I mean, he offered some explain. Oh, he said, I needed a, I thought I was afraid nobody else was going to cover home plate, uh, which that's frightening because you're the catcher. You have the baseball. There's a runner on third. There's another runner approaching third. You don't need to cover home plate. You can walk to third base and tag everybody. Right. That well, that was what he was. Yeah, that that's exactly right. And that's kind of what I was getting at. Uh, and kind of to the Tom Kelly get one out point, all he had to do was walk down to third and take somebody out. And, and yes. they're going to be in the same, you know, they're going to be runners on second and third, but now they have two outs and first base open and all kinds of options for the, for the manager and the, and the pitcher. And uh, it, it's, it was, yeah, I understand uh, in a lot of times the catcher's worried about, cause you practice that too. Catcher, give up the ball and stay there. You don't want the pitcher involved in this rundown. Stop that. You know, don't do that. And so I'm sure all this stuff was running through his mind, and he just had an absolute brain cramp about the fact that, you know, I'm just going to walk it down here nice and casually and get one out, and we'll worry about the next hitter uh, and worry about protecting that runner on second base next, you know, next, with two outs here in this inning. It was just, it was just really unfortunate. And, and the last note on this, I think if the catcher had just stood at home plate with the ball, eventually Miguel would have just run to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I thought about that. I wondered if he, I wondered if he just walked down toward third base. If, they, if by the time he got there, there'd be three guys on third. Yes, I think there would have been, and Miguel probably would have passed the other two. So it would have been. Uh, <laughs> we'd be talking about a horrific Twins loss instead of an inspirational Twins victory right now. Oh man, good lord! Hey, uh, Buxton. You know, we can't not talk about Byron Buxton, what he did this weekend, what he did on Sunday, strike out the first three at bats, then hit a line drive homer to right, then hit an upper deck shot to left, produced five runs, two home runs, uh, one a moon shot to win a game. And guys, he's doing this in a dead ball season. And that's the interesting thing in here is we are now seeing a lot of balls dying at the uh, warning track from like the average hitters who hit a lot of home runs in 2019. And I don't mean average in a bad way. I just mean guys who don't have overwhelming power. Byron Buxton, it doesn't matter what ball he's hitting. No, no, it, it doesn't. And it's pretty doggone impressive. And you guys can help me write my column for Sunday, actually, when I asked this question. But uh, the question was posed to me a couple of days ago. If Buxton's healthy, um, 
is he one of the best players in baseball or could he be the best player in baseball? I think he's the best player in baseball if he's healthy and plays this way, unless Otani is an all-star pitcher and an all-star cleanup hitter at the same time like he was last year. But he's probably not going to be. That was that might have been, you know, he's going to be great and valuable uh, as long as he's healthy. But that, you know, he's off to a slow start this year. He's probably not going to repeat the numbers he did last year. If Otani isn't doing things that nobody's ever done before, I think Buxton has a chance to be the best player in the game. What do you think, Roy? Buxton's the best player in the game, and there's no question of there. I mean, Otani is not even in the in the discussion for me, and the reason is that uh, similar offense to slight edge to uh, Buck, I think. And as far and then you go to defense, and Buxton will win defense will win the game defensively every day. Otani has a chance to to win the game defensively once every five days. So there's there's no there's no question. If if, if both those guys were were free agents tomorrow, then I I take uh, Byron ten out of ten times if I have choice between the two. If I'm the first pick, I, <clears throat> I have I, I take uh, Buck ten out of ten out of ten times. The and Mike Trout's not. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say Mike Trout's not part of that conversation if he's healthy. Mike Trout is a part of the conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely is. Buck's a better outfielder and, and depending, and, and Trout's a great outfielder, but I mean, nobody, you know, Buck's in a class by himself. So the real, the question is how close are Trout's and, 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 and Buck's numbers uh, offensively. And, and I would, I would treat that. Um, well, let's put it this way. If I, if I pose the same scenario, you take Trout first or Otani first. I take Trout. So for the for the same reasons I take Buxton. I just think I think Buxton, if he's healthy, uh, it will uh, put up similar numbers than uh, to Trout, and he he gets he gets the edge in center field. But you're absolutely right, Lavelle. I mean, he, Trout is in that conversation with you know without a doubt. Here's the only thing I would say about about Buck. You know, the three strikeouts. Uh, he didn't have a good night last night, um, and and, and he's going to have those more than more than he should right now, and probably getting less and less of those kinds of things as he stays healthy and plays, you know, a full season or two. It probably those things probably just get, you know, uh, more remote and more remote when he really looks, you know, really looks bad for a while. The the thing about Buck is he's so tough mentally, uh, and, and he lets he lets the game come to him. So three strikeouts in a row. And, uh, you know, he, he just did not let that affect him psychologically at all. Mm-hmm. Didn't try to, he didn't try to manufacture a new batting stance or a, a new mechanics or he just trusted, uh, this is what, this is me. I'm in the box. I'm doing, I'm, I'm going to see if I can do something here. And he did, you know, incredible, incredible things. That is so far miles ahead of, you know, most people from a psychological and mental toughness maturity standpoint that that's one of the reasons why he's going to continue to be great if he stays if he stays healthy but here's here's the one thing that i that i will say uh, that i would want to say to buck do you guys remember the home run he hit i it was against seattle he had hit a um, he, he had hit a pretty long home run and then his next at bat he came in and the pitcher got in on him and looked like he was jammed he threw the bat hit his hands way inside and right. just muscled the ball just barely over the left field fence, right? And and what I want to say it, it, to to Byron is, look how fast you are. 
look how much talent and strength you have with a bat in your hand. When you get to two strikes, you don't ever have to be in a hurry to, you know, catch up with a fastball. Don't ever be in a hurry. I don't, I'm not saying hit it to right field, although I loved his base hits to right field and the home run to right field. Love that. Right. But I'm, I'm not even advocating you think about right field. He hits the ball where it's pissed. It's great. All I'm saying is with two strikes, understand how tough it will be for someone to, to jam you with a fastball and don't be in a hurry. Just let it come to you. Sometimes you'll get jammed. Most of the time, they'll throw the ball down the middle or they'll hang you a breaking ball and it's going to end up in the third deck anyway. So don't be in a hurry. He's got the ability more than anybody that I've ever seen and that that uh, to let the ball travel and somehow get the big end of the bat to the ball like he did on that inside fastball that he muscled over the left you know, over the left field wall. If he ever learn, understands that concept of how good he is, and I'm not talking about doing this any time other than two strikes. I'm not saying change any of your approach at all. Just saying with two strikes, take the mind and body tempo tempo and rhythm down just take it down let the ball travel they can't get in on you they can't jam you nearly as much as you think that they're gonna they're gonna jam you when that happens then there's no there's no there's no telling there's absolutely no telling how what kind of numbers you can throw up there yeah, I keep remembering what Tory Hunter told me. This will be brief too. What Tory Hunter told me when he first uh, got around Buck, he was like, "This kid's gonna be a star." I said, "How do you know that?" He says, "Because he's not afraid to make adjustments." And I think Buck has done that through the years, and he's settled on a batting approach that he likes. That uh, he stopped listening to other people and just did what's comfortable to him, and he's thrived. And I think he will make adjustments based on how he's pitched. And, I, and that's 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 what is scary about what he could do offensively. No doubt about it. Hey, I want to remind you that at TalkNorth.com, we have On the Bench, a really cool hockey show. We have Bar Down Beauties, a cool hockey show. We have now the Go Gopher podcast with Mike Grimm, which is excellent. We have tons of outdoor content. We have the Cheryl Reeves show. If you want draft stuff, we have the Viking Update show and Jeff Diamond show. Jeff Diamond, the former Vikings general manager. If you want baseball, you have Chin Music. This is the best in-depth analysis you're going to get on the team. Uh, John Krasinski on the on the Timberwolves in the NBA is fantastic, and it's, of course, timely. We're recording this on Thursday morning before the Twins play a noon game against Detroit. Uh, so, as always, we talk about big-picture uh, stuff more than individual games. Uh, we do appreciate you listening to TalkNorth.com. Again, we recommend subscribing to your favorite podcast app. All right, let's go. One more big-picture topic here, gentlemen, and that is uh, – and, you know, I had a couple of conversations with Twins people uh, the game I was at the other day, and one of them – and what they were saying is, you know, at the end of last season, Twins had like two people in the rotation and they were both rookies. And who knows, you know, who, who knows how good those rookies are going to be. And now it, it feels like they are six or seven deep. That is a remarkable uh, piece of work from this front office. Let's start with Roy on this one. It is remarkable. Uh, and we have kind of gushed or I have I, I did about all the machinery that had to happen for uh, them to uh, jettison uh, Donaldson's contract and, and pave the way for them to uh, not only sign, uh, not only get Sanchez and Urshela, who I think are going to have nice years for the Twins, Urshela already playing, playing great, but then be able to sign uh, Carlos Correa. I will, you know, I'm equally impressed with, um, their their decisions on who to try to get and their ability 
to uh, get down and start with uh, really with Dylan Bundy, who has been, um, it, it, you know, Joe Ryan, notwithstanding as good a pitcher as the twins have had on the, uh, on the team with, with, <laughs> with five to eight, depending on carry eight miles an hour, less fastball than Joe Ryan does. <laughs> so, I mean, he's been, he's been terrific. And I think that, just what ha- watching him pitch has helped Ober and and Ryan an awful lot, and I think Dylan Bundy's influence uh, ha- uh, on uh, Ryan throwing the slider the way he has has, has been remarkable. So to, to go out and get but you know guy older guys with the, uh, the caliber and, and experience of Bundy and and Gray, Great. and then get and then get Paddock and uh, Pagan. Um, I just, I think it's, I, I, you know, they stuck their neck out. They, they, they had the courage to, you know, to say, we got to do something. We're just going to go do it. And all, all these things, I mean, they may or may not work out to deepen the playoffs, but I got to tell you the effort. And it, as I told, I told Derek Falvey in Boston, I said, I just got to tell you, it may not work out, but I got to tell you, you did the right thing on payroll. Everything about that is right. Now let's hope it works. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I agree. And, and it's been really impressive. Uh, you know, the other thing too, is that um, it sounds like these pitchers are rally around each other. Like they go out and watch each other, others uh, bullpen sessions and they uh, communicate and they talk about ways of getting better. You know, Chris Archer has a great slider and he's helped tutor uh, Joe Ryan on the development of his slider. So it sounds like there's a lot of good communication going on and people, you know, having information that they may be, they're willing to share with other people. And, you're seeing the results of that. So that's one of the, the, the happy, I don't want to say happy accidents, but that's one of the, the, the uh, fortunate developments for the staff is that um, this, this seems to be a pretty, uh, I won't say close knit, but these, it's, it seems like uh, these guys are all uh, kindred spirits when it comes to trying to get better and wanting to root for their, their teammate to do well. And uh, we're seeing good results. And at the top of it, it's just the two young guys developing because uh, you don't know what their ceilings are, but you're seeing these guys get better. And, th- and that's what's encouraging for the, the near future because um, they got some other pitching down the pipe. And now you're looking at, you know, options for starters over the next couple of years. And uh, the Twins got to be uh, excited about that. I hope I hope they can sustain it. You know, it's just one month, basically, that we're in the season. But uh, it's a good month that bodes well for the near future. I will say that uh... – you know, talking to Archer, you can tell he knows what he's doing. But just looking at it from the outside, to me, Bundy is already one of the smartest pitchers I've ever watched work. And to me, Joe Ryan is one of the smartest young pitchers I've ever watched work. I don't know if I'm going uh, too far, Roy. I don't think you're going too far um, with uh, with either one of them. As far as Ryan goes, when you throw strikes the way he does, when your mechanics are so good and your and your mentality is so strong, that uh, you you've always thrown strikes and always will throw strikes. You're 60 percent ahead of everybody else from from the jump. I mean, you just are. I can't ever overemphasize the ability to you know to throw strikes. And and when you've got you know stuff like his fat the carry on his fastball, okay, that's gonna that's gonna play. But yes, I agree that he's that he's he's smart and some of the smart. Uh, I think uh, Lavelle. Uh, talked about it, willing to willing to make adjustments. Was say, okay, what what what's going to work better for even better for me here? As far as Bundy goes, I you know there's two things that have made up what uh, his success so so far. One is the smart that you're talking about, and the other is the fact that he's throwing the ball where he wants to uh, in, mm-hmm. in three, three game every every pitch that he's got. He's got five pitches if you include sinker 
you know, and four-seam fastball as two separate fastballs. He's got five pitches, and you very rarely see any of them in the middle of the plate. And no. not only that, when he's throwing slider or breaking ball, it's it's not hanging on the inside strike. It's it's on the outside corner, and it's it's remarkable. So you take that ability, at least what he, the ability he's had to do that so far, and now you talk about the smart that you're that you're referring to, and he understands. You can tell the way he pitches that he understands hitting, and very few pitchers understand that. But he knows that with 89 miles an hour, he can sense when he's thrown enough change-up, curveball, slider kind of thing to say, you know what, this guy set up with a fat for a fastball. And my and my 89 miles an hour is if I throw it in the spot I want, it's it'll be good enough. And he's been absolutely right every single time with that. So uh, I couldn't agree with you more. That's it. he understands what he does. He understands what hitters do, and he understands how to translate his stuff into making hitters uncomfortable uh, back and forth and, and speed wise and in and out location wise. And it's it's been really cool to watch. Great show, guys. This is a lot of fun to talk about. I, you know, I know fans just crave the world championship or whatever. Uh, I crave a good, interesting, competitive baseball team that will fill up the summer, and I think we might have that. It's going to be a blast to talk about it all year. Thanks again to Memorial Blood Centers, Corona, Perfect Ash. Thanks for producer Brandon Morton. Thank you for listening to TalkNorth.com.